Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. We are, in fact, celebrating uh, Catholic Schools Week, and uh, I came across a piece written by David Bonagura, adjunct professor at St. Joseph Seminary in New York. Uh, it was a piece where it emphasized really that our teachers in Catholic schools are, in fact, missionaries of evangelization. Uh, David is also the author, by the way, of Steadfast in Faith, Catholicism, and the Challenge of Secularism, and Staying with the Catholic Church, Trusting God's Plan of Salvation. David, good to have you. Thanks. Hi, Al. Good to talk to you. Thanks for having me. Let's talk. You lead off with uh, a slogan over the doors to a Catholic school in Manhattan that uh, the slogan above the doors are, Veniti adoremos dominum, come let us adore the Lord. A lot of people would find that to be a misplaced slogan over a school. Exactly, but they are mistaken, should they think that. The whole purpose of a Catholic school, what makes a Catholic school different from any other public school? The whole purpose of a Catholic school is that it leads us to Jesus Christ. Yeah. If you think about it, you know, the math, math is math, and three R's are three R's. But what makes a Catholic education differently, different is that the, the math and the three R's those are supposed to lead us to Jesus. He's the reason why we opened the Catholic school in the first place, and the Catholic schools are without doubt the greatest tool of evangelization that we have. The end of every Catholic school is to get every student to adore the Lord in this life, and then in doing so, prepare him for doing so for eternity in the next. And that's why we keep our doors open. That's why we fund our Catholic schools. That's why they're worth every cent that we have. Yeah, yeah. Uh there are many people who would say that they believe that is the way Catholic schools ought to be, but their experience doesn't indicate that, that they've gone to Catholic schools, or their kids have gone to Catholic schools, that kind of de-emphasized uh, the, uh, the faith. Uh, how, is that how, you've seen that, I'm sure. How widespread is that problem? Every school is a little different. Each school has its own character. Some schools are more self-conscious about the faith than others. Others will emphasize service and maybe just how faith puts us in, tells us we need to do service work and action, but then not so much work on the faith, the, the prayers, developing a relationship with Jesus among the students, developing the virtues uh, within the hearts of the students. So it, it, every place is different, but what we don't want, and you can, sometimes you could tell very quickly in by a school's website or by it, how it brands itself. Yeah. But what you do, don't want to do, oh, yeah, all places will give lift service say, faith and knowledge meet here. That's true, and that's good. It's the Catholic school that really puts Jesus at the center that says something to the effect of, come, let us adore the Lord here, or <laughs> salvation of the souls is the supreme law of our school, right. not just of our church, or we are here so that our students may know Jesus Christ. That's the ultimate goal of our curriculum and all the activities that we have. So in the branding, very quickly we can usually tell what the focus of the school is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, for many people have complained that the Catholic school is like just uh, any other school, except it has a religion class uh, that's tagged on at the end of the week. So, uh, Right, and that's exactly what we want to avoid. So right. the Catholic school it has uniforms, it has a religion class, but there's nothing that distinguishes it from the school down the block that happens to be free, supported by your tax dollars. So if Catholic schools want to stay open and want to attract people to their school, they have to make themselves different. How can we do that? Well, number one is 
and unapologetic and central focus on Jesus Christ. And then, with that, a serious academic curriculum that any, anything that we study, Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Any mm-hmm. truth that we study leads to him as the author of all that exists in the world. So a vigorous academic program that's not laden with secular practices of education, which are really antithetical to traditional ways of Catholic learning, and really detrimental to students. We could talk, we can go on and on and on about different reading practices and math practices that have been in vogue in schools over the years and of the decades now. But if Catholic schools are adopting those, that, say, that makes them no different from their secular counterpart on the academic side. And that's surely not what parents want. And the classical school movement, the homeschooling movement, is confirming exactly that, that yeah. parents are they're getting in their cars and driving long distances in order to send their kids to schools where they will learn good old-fashioned grammar, traditional mathematics, along with a school that is steadfast in its devotion to Jesus Christ as the reason for its existence. Yeah. Do, do you see that this vision of uh, Catholic schools is catching on? I do. It's catching on slowly, but surely uh, these these classical school, the classical school movement is exploding all across America, yep. and it's some of them are not Catholic, but there are plenty of Catholic schools out there, and there are also there, for people who are interested. There's plenty of organizations out there to help make a school do this. And what we're calling a classical school or a traditional liberal arts school is really just what Catholic education had been for many centuries until the recent 20th century and now 21st century deformation when Catholic schools started going the way of their government school and secular school counterparts. But there's groups out there, if I can name one, the Institute for Catholic Liberal Education, ICLE. They do a phenomenal job, and they are totally mission-driven, the people in charge, and helping make a school an authentic Catholic school. The people in charge are wonderful. I've been to their conferences the last two summers, and that's a great place to look. ICLE, Institute for Catholic Liberal Education, before uh, for searching into how to make a school more authentically Catholic. Um, let's talk about Catholic teachers and uh, a problem that seems to be endemic, and that is the difficulty of paying them enough. Um, is that is that doesn't seem to be a problem that's easily overcome. Revenue is a big problem. You're correct, it's, it's, and it's not a problem that, frankly, it's, it's not one that's going to be overcome. Yeah. So how, how do we do that if we're going to run a school? We have to have people who believe in the mission and are willing to do, do the teaching at a you know, discounted rate, frankly. Yeah. Yeah. And those people who are truly dedicated for the growth, they'll, they'll find a way. They'll, I know teachers who have done everything from sell real estate on the side to tutoring to all sorts of creative things. So flipping houses, all sorts of you – know, if they're dedicated to the cause – the, the key is, where do we find these types of teachers, these people who, who could be missionaries? They're, you know, they're probably not necessarily reading the, the want ads of the New York Times, <laughs> right. but they're at Perpetual Adoration Chapels. They're involved in faithful institutes that are run by the church or run by lay people, and they're at faithful colleges. And there could be a way to—we to, you know, need pastors and we need principals to find those people and tap them on the shoulder and say, hey, do you ever think of teaching— whether that person be 22 or 52 or 62, mm-hmm. even 72. If a person wants to give to the Lord, a new form of missionary time, maybe you don't have to go to a faraway place like in earlier centuries, we can be a missionary in a school. 
and it would be such a great thing that a person contribute, even if it's just for a few years of a person's life. Sure. It's a great gift to the church and to the students whom the person would teach. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's great. And there are many uh, Catholics who have entered, uh, you know, retirement years who are wondering, uh, what's the best stewardship of my time now that I don't have, you know, a, a weekly uh, job I have to take? Uh, and certainly working uh, at a Catholic school would be one way of, uh, you know, you should be considering uh, strengthening the school that way. Um, do you do you find that there are s- sufficient support organizations for Catholic school teachers? In other words, do they have associations for teachers? Do they have uh, certain fellowship groups that enable Catholic teachers to stay renewed and enthusiastic about their work? That's a great question. Uh, to my knowledge, generally on the diocesan level, that tends to be harder to find. Okay. But there certainly are, with, with schools that are affiliated with religious orders, those tend to be, they have, religious orders tend to have their own institutes and things for their teachers, for their uh, people who are part of their institutes. And also, as I mentioned before, the, the classical school movement has the ICLE, Institute for Catholic Education. It's also another group called DIA Schools, the DIA for Duke in Altum Schools. And this is, that's another group for, where uh, teachers can reach out to and for, get fellowship, formation, and ongoing education you know, in, in an informal way through conferences or even through seminars and certifications. But those are ways that teachers can you know, keep themselves going, learn what's going on in the field. It's always good. The best way, to, you know, best way teachers learn is learning from other teachers. And getting involved in these little groups is a great occasion for sharing the faith sharing the fellowship and sharing the craft and, and teaching and sharing the way of, oh, I, this worked great in my classroom. What about yours? And that's, that's how teachers learn from one another. It's a great resource. Yeah, yeah. You've written on the, the subject of the challenge of secularism, and uh, certainly the Catholic school is a place where we can begin to see uh, the lordship of Christ over all areas of life and, uh, uh, be, you know, and tell the lie, that is secularism. Um, when Again, in speaking with those who are involved in the leadership of Catholic schools, are they well aware of how uh, secular understanding has often infiltrated diocesan education? Uh, I, honestly, I don't think everybody is. Uh, but I think what's happening in, in the country the last few years is, is slowly starting to make people more aware uh, of some of the upheaval that we've seen, socially speaking, with regards to children and sex education in particular, mm. that there, there's, some, there's, some pro- there's some problems out here. And if we're just following the secular model, we're number one, we're not doing what we're supposed to do. But number two, it's also a great occasion for Catholic schools to start picking up more students. Whereas parents are looking around, they're dissatisfied by what they're seeing in their public schools. Yeah. They they may not necessarily be overly rude. Hey, hey uh, I just can't have my kid learn this anymore, so we're going to go somewhere else and take our money. And that's the, ca- the occasion for the school to say, you know, that, that's a reverse evangelization. Have the children come evangelize the parents. If the child is getting a proper religious formation within the school, the goal is that he can bring that faith back home to mom and dad, 
and hopefully nudge mom and dad into a more deeper practice of the faith. Yeah. I, you know, I, I wonder sometimes if parents understand that in many ways public education is about, you know, making what, what uh, the leaders of the public uh, school establishment believe are good citizens. Their primary purpose is not making good people. And uh, so you end up with all kinds of uh, fads being ex- imported into public schools that maybe in 10 years are going to prove to be devastating. Uh, right now, the, the fad of immediately adopting uh, all these concerns about transgenderism, uh, when in fact uh, England is now backing away from uh, its experiment with this. Do um, you think parents are seeing that and getting concerned? I think so, and I think that's a great distinction you just made between schools, public schools interested in informing, making good citizens, whatever that means. Right. And yep. good citizens often means holding the ideologies that are running so much of corporate America and schools. Yeah, and com- and compliant, compliant citizens. Yes. <laughs> so good citizens, meaning, you know, follow the rules of, of society and we'll, and we'll make you happy, versus forming good people, good souls good Catholics, that's yep. the mission of a Catholic school education, is to get our children to heaven so they can adore the Lord. Amen. Character formation is something that has, I think, been forgotten, but some of the, the classical school methods a major feature because is character formation developing as a virtue, yep. and that's a great way to help combat our culture. We need young soldiers for Christ who are deep in the virtue and deep in the faith. Amen. David, thanks so much. Wonderful talking with you. Thank you, Al. Have a great day.